New Testament. Can I tell you, I just really like Christmas music. I hope you do. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to that Christmas concert just so I can sit there and just bask in all the music. I, I enjoy it. I really do. However, you don't ever, ever, ever listen to it until after Thanksgiving. That's just the rule. That's just the rule. And after New Year's, you shut it off, okay? Thanks. All right. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Well, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. We're going to read the first six verses. And this morning I, I preached on uh, the necessity of faithfulness and how important it is for us to be faithful. Uh, tonight I'm going to preach on the necessity of faith. Uh, I don't expect this to be a long, notice the word expect, I didn't promise, I don't expect this to be a long message, but, but may I say this to you, okay, may I say this to you with a microphone turned on, are we on? Yes, no, is that a thumbs up? Okay, yep, okay, Get green light, that means go preacher, go, that's what green light means. Uh I don't expect this to be a long message, but can I say something to you? Please pay attention, because this is so important. Uh, one of the things that we ought to be uh, asking God to do for us is to increase our faith. And to cause, you know, if, if, our, if our faith is not growing, either are we. And faith is an absolute essential and necessity when it comes to our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, let's all stand together. Hebrews chapter 11, first six verses, we'll pray and get right into it tonight. Now faith is the substance, verse 1, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated. He should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God, but... Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for giving us your word. Thank you so much, Lord, that when every time I get up to preach, I don't have to preach what I think or what I feel or what I believe to be right. I can come with confidence to your word, find out what you say, and just convey it. To folks, and we we thank you, Lord, so much for the fact that you have given us your word, and you've uh, given it by inspiration, kept it by preservation, and we can come to it with confidence because of that. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us to see the importance and the necessity of faith in our lives. Help us, God, also to to just kind of look on the the inside of our hearts and look over the recent days and weeks of our lives and see how much faith is really there. How much did, did faith determine 
the, the, the things that we did, the things that we said, the things that we accomplished. Uh, Lord, faith is an absolute necessity. And as, as the scripture says, without faith, it is absolutely impossible to please you. So work in our hearts tonight through your word by your spirit. We'll be thankful to praise you and uh, to, to give you the honor and glory that you deserve in all things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. In verse 1, you find a, a definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, the Bible makes it real clear that if you can see it, then you don't need faith for it. If you can't see it, then obviously you need faith. Uh, we, we read that uh, the worlds were framed by the word of God, and we believe that even though we have not seen those things. By the way, uh, we're not the only ones that have faith. Evolutionists have faith too. They just have faith in a falsehood because they never saw the things that uh, were that took place during that. I get a kick out of these these people who talk about uh, meteors hitting the Earth and the Big Bang theory and the dinosaurs were wiped out by the meteors and this that and the other thing. Not one of them were there. Uh, they they don't have enough sufficient evidence to even spout some of those things, and and yet and yet they do. What what is that called? Well, it's called faith. Now it's faith that's misplaced, but but the faith that we have in God is placed in the right place. And without that faith, it's impossible to please Him. Uh, there's a, a definition of faith is is just simply trusting and believing God and His will. In a, in a given matter, and then acting accordingly. We believe what God said, and therefore uh, it changes the way that we act. There's a, there's a process that takes place when it comes to, when it comes to faith. Uh, God tells us something, and he tells us through his word. We believe what he tells us, and therefore we act on what we believe. That's the process of faith, and faith pleases God. If we don't have faith, we absolutely cannot please him without it. Uh, faith is based on uh, three things that we get from God and get from his word. It's based on the principles of God. You, you, as you read through the word of God, you, uh, you surmise some principles about his character. You surmise some principles about how he works and therefore, you, you trust it, you believe that, and then you act accordingly. Uh, there are specific commands in Scripture. There are thou shalt commands and there are thou shalt not commands. There's things to abstain from, things to, uh, that we are supposed to actively do. And then the third thing is promises. And all those three things, the principles, the commands, and the promises, all demand faith. Uh, and uh, we, are, we are supposed to find those things and trust those things and then act accordingly. Now, why is it that, that uh, faith is so essential? Well, we've already said it. The scripture says it plainly. You can't please God without it. Uh, generally speaking, overall, uh, you must have active faith in your life on a continual basis 
in order to put a smile on God's face, in order to, to please him. Now, there's some specific things that, are that, that faith are, is necessary that is spoken of in Scripture. We're just going to look at five of them. Go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, look down in verse 28, Romans 3, 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Uh, you, in order to be just in the eyes of God, has nothing to do with what you do, that's deeds. It has to do with what you believe, that's faith. And by faith, the Bible says, we are justified. That just simply means that we are, though we are sinners, we have been made just in the, in the eyes of God because we have believed on him. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2. Many of you can probably quote the verses we're going to look at, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2. These, and these two verses are especially dear to my heart because... Uh, there were the verses that God used to show me that, hey, I, you, can't work, you can't work for your salvation. Your works don't have anything to do with it, and they don't. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we're saved from our sins by, by grace through faith. Faith is what allows us to obtain that grace. In order to get saving grace, we have to believe on him. We have to trust him and him alone as Savior. Go to Acts 26. Acts chapter 26. And in Acts 26, look with me down in verse 18. Acts 26, 18. Go up to verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom uh, now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance uh, among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Uh, we are sanctified. We are set apart uh, for God we are forgiven because of faith. Faith does that for us. Uh, take your Bibles and go to Romans 5. Romans chapter 5. The more I read uh, the first, oh, probably um, the first uh, five verses of, the, of Romans 5, the more I appreciate how, how God uh, takes, really, salvation and the Christian life and puts it in, basically in five verses and says, says uh, uh, you know, this is how you get saved and this is how you live. And, and in verse, verse 1, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith Unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, 
But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Uh, that verse, th those, those five verses tell us that we get saved by faith, we get justified by faith, but then once we're saved, from verse 2 to verse 5, he's talking about living. And we, we have access to the grace of God that gets us through the tribulations and uh, uh, gets us through with patience and teaches us experience and experience hope and hope maketh not a shame and the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. All of that takes place because of faith. If there's no faith, none of that happens. Uh, what, what happened, and, and here, here's what I've seen, and I've, I've seen it in my own life. I've, I've seen wrong responses to difficulties, tribulations, problems, and I've, I've watched it in others. If you don't trust God through those times, you, you will not learn patience. You will not get experience. You will not, your hope will diminish, and the love of God in your heart will begin to diminish as well. Um, it is so important that we have faith and trust in God during those times. And when we do, that's when we grow and that we have, because we have access to grace. We have access to grace through faith. And uh, uh, that grace that he's talking about, particularly in verses two through five, he's talking about living grace once you get saved. And then, then go to Matthew chapter 17. This is just a smattering of things that show the importance of faith. But Matthew chapter 17 and look with me down in verse uh, 20. Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence, to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, they had just asked the question, you know, why could we not rebuke the devil that was in a young man, uh, and yet you came along and you did it. Why couldn't we? And, and basically, he says, because of, because of unbelief. Unbelief limits what we can do for God. And uh, when we do have faith in him, is, is, I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed, uh, but a mustard seed is extremely tiny. It's just a little teeny little thing. And he used that as a specific example. He says, if you just have this little, little teeny bit of faith, he says, that teeny bit of faith can move mountains, can do miraculous things if you just trust God. And we have access to the power of God through faith. Now, how do we obtain it? How do we, how do we get faith? How do we allow our faith to, to grow and to flourish? Well, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Um, you hear God's word, and then you act on it. You do something with it. It's not you hear it, you shake your head, you ascend to it, and then just go on your merry way. No. Uh, over in the book of Hebrews 11, where we started, uh, in Hebrews 11, there were, uh, a, there, if you go through there and read through there, there are a, 
a bunch of people that are cited for their faith. What you'll notice is every time a person is cited, it not only tells you what they believed, but it tells you what they did with it, what they did with it. It's not just, again, giving an, an ascension to nodding your head saying, yeah, I, I agree that that's true. No, it's, it's faith causes you to act upon what you say you believe. Which brings us to, and I was, I was asked this question here, I don't know, a few weeks ago about faith. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. There's, according to the Bible, there's two kinds of faith. You say, oh, yeah, saving faith and living faith. No, that's not what I'm talking about. There's two kinds of faith. One of them's good. One of them's not good. You say, really, there's bad faith? <laughs> yeah, according to the Bible. Go to James chapter 2, look in verse 14 with me, if you would. James chapter 2, verse 14. What doth it profit, my brother, Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them uh, not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone." Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O, o vain man, that faith without works is dead? Now, it, it makes a... a plain statement. It says, the devils believe there is one God. Is that living faith? No, because they do nothing with it. They ignore it. They, they, they fear and tremble, but, but uh, the Bible says that the devils believe. They have that mental ascension to, to a truth, but they don't do anything with it. So there's two kinds of faith. There's dead faith. Dead faith is a mere mental agreement that something is so, but no action is done because of it. Living faith is, is an alive faith, and it's belief plus subsequent action. In other words, I really do believe it, and because I really do believe it, I'm going to act accordingly. And as the Spirit of God shows us things in the Word of God that personally applies to us and to our situations, we have the responsibility to act upon it and to believe on it and then to act. Let me show you an example of that in Scripture. Go to Luke 5. Luke 5. And when you, when you have faith, faith overrides what you might think otherwise. Uh, you, might, you might think one thing, but because of Bible faith, you'll ignore what your opinion is on that thing, and you'll do what God says because God says it. 
And, and you see that example in, in Luke chapter 5. Look at verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and that's talking about Jesus Christ, and, two sh- and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now they had, they had, they had fished all night. They had taken nothing. The fish just were, were not there. And so Jesus gets done teaching. And he says, all right, now, now launch out. And drop down the nets. Verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now, stop right there. You realize he's talking? He's a professional fisherman. He's done this his whole life. Uh, this is his livelihood. And here's a carpenter telling him how to fish. Okay? And he, he says, listen, you need to thrust out and you need to put your nets down. And he says, look, we have toiled all night, and we have taken nothing. There's nothing out there, Lord. But notice what else he says. At the end of the verse, he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You know what that is? That's faith. <laughs> That's faith right there. He said, look, my, 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 my common sense, so-called, uh, tells me don't do this. Uh, there's no fish out there. I, you know, I believe this is a, an exercise in futility. However, Lord, you said it, and that means everything to me. So I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. You say, well, yeah, but that, that, that doesn't sound like he really believes. Well, he believes it's important to obey God, <laughs> and that's faith. That's just that's, that's faith right there. You say, yeah, but there was obviously some doubt there. Yeah, aren't you glad that God blesses you even though, you know, when you trust him for something, even though uh, you might have a little, a little doubt in your heart and in your mind? Aren't you glad for that? I mean, we, we serve a gracious God. He says, listen, if you just have a little speck of faith, just a little bit, he says, I'll do things that will absolutely amaze you. By the way, if you, if you notice this whole, whole scenario, he said, drop down the nets. And Peter dropped down the net. Now, obviously, he didn't have the faith he should have had, but he did what he was told to do. He obeyed the word of God, and that takes faith. When he did, so many fish filled the net. Now, if they'd had nets, if he had dropped down more than one, he would have had sufficient to take in all of the fish that came. But because, because he had some doubt in his mind, uh, the, the Bible says the nets, the nets broke. But, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that God blessed it anyway because he believed God and just did what he was told. Now, there are some levels of faith that the Bible talks about. Now, uh, go, take, your, take your Bibles and turn to Romans 4. Romans 4. And as we go through these levels, I've got one, two, three, four of them. Uh, ask yourself, where are you on that, on, 
on those levels. Romans chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, speaking of Abraham, uh, neither uh, yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Uh, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, uh, giving glory to God. And in, that, in those two verses, it talks about strong faith or weak faith. If he had had weak faith, he would have staggered, but he didn't stagger. Uh, even though the physical evidence was against what God had said, it says that he was strong in faith. He believed God instead of what he felt. He believed God instead of what he saw because he knew God was true. Go to uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter 1. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, look with me down in verse 7. 1 Peter 1, 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When Peter wrote that, he was writing to people that were going through some really tough times, and their faith was being tried. Uh, you, have, you have two kinds of faith. You've got tried or tested faith, and then you've got untested faith. You really don't know where your faith is at until it's been tested. And when it's been tested... Then, then you can see where you fall uh, in that area. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Another two levels of faith. Matthew chapter 8 and start in verse 10. Verse 10 says, When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And of course, that is in reference to the centurion who came to him. He was a, he was a Gentile. He wasn't even a Jew. And uh, he came to him and, and uh, said, I got a servant. He's home. He's sick. And uh, you don't even need to come to my house. It's not necessarily all you have to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said that... Uh, uh, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now drop down to verse 26. Same chapter, verse 26 says, And he said unto them, and this is when they're out in the boat and the ship, uh, he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. There's great faith when we trust God and believe him. And then there's little faith when we get fearful. Uh, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. In 1 Thessalonians 3, look down at verse 10. 1 Thessalonians 3.10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you that, no, nah, this isn't it. That's 2 Thessalonians, that's why. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. All right, uh, verse 10. It says, night and day praying exceeding, exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. 
uh, when he wrote First Thessalonians, and he wrote to the Thessalonians, they were struggling with some things. And they, they were messed up on some doctrines about the blessed hope, and uh, uh, he could see that their faith was lacking, and so they needed to have that faith, that faith helped. Uh, go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and notice the difference in verse 3. We are, are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the, the, the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So uh, because of the help that Paul gave them, their faith was no longer lacking, but it grew, and it, it grew exceedingly. Uh, living Bible faith is always faith that is acted upon. Uh, it always requires action. What are you doing in your life right now simply because you believe God? Uh, again, going back to, to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, you've got some people mentioned in that, in that uh, passage of Scripture, in that, that chapter, and it, it shows their exercise of faith. Abel, because he had faith, Abel made a sacrifice. He didn't just say, yes, I believe that a sacrifice is necessary because he really did believe God. He did something about it and he, he made sacrifice and he made the right sacrifice. He didn't do like his brother. He didn't offer something from the ground. He offered something living. And, and the reason why that is is because we find out later in Scripture, uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Uh, Noah, because he had faith, what did he do? Well, he didn't just ascend to the fact that, oh, yeah, well, I guess there is a flood coming and I guess there is a rain coming. No, he went and he built a boat. God told him to build a boat and he did it. He had faith. He believed God. He'd never seen rain before, according to the scriptures. Uh, there was a mist that came up and watered the earth before that. Uh, but God allowed the heavens to be open. And uh, it just brought down tons and tons of water. Uh, he built a boat because of that, because he had faith. He believed God. Abraham left home. You know, uh, he was comfortable. Uh, he was with his family. He was told to bring his wife and his immediate family and, and just, just, just travel, just go. God didn't tell him specifically where they were going to go or how long they were going to be gone. He just said, I want you to leave your homeland. And because he believed God, he picked up his, his tent pegs and he went. Moses, uh, tells us in that chapter, uh, chose to suffer affliction with the people of God and reject the pleasures of sin for a season. Remember where he was raised. He was raised in Egypt. He was raised in the palace. He was raised in opulence. I mean, he had just about anything he wanted at his fingertips and at his beck and call. Uh, and yet he turned his back on that. Why? Because he believed God. You, you don't make those kind of choices unless, unless you're trusting God and believing in him. Uh, others uh, depend on you to have faith. It's not only important for your personal relationship with God to have faith, but there are other people that depend upon you and depend upon your faith. Other people benefit from you having faith. Uh, an example, 
Uh, we won't turn there tonight, but, but Matthew chapter 15 and verses 21 through 28, one of my favorite Bible stories about the Syrophoenician woman. Again, another Gentile woman comes to Jesus and she's first ignored and then she's rebuffed and then she is basically rebuked and insulted uh, and, and uh, you know, Jesus says, should, should uh, the king give uh, the, the bread for his children? Should he give it to the dogs? And she said, no, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. Would you give me some crumbs? And, uh, and, and she didn't get bitter. She didn't get offended. She just, she just believed that the only way her daughter could find deliverance and find relief, her daughter was vexed by a, by a devil, with a devil, uh, was by coming to the Lord Jesus and, and getting an answer uh, to her plea. Uh, if, if she had not believed God, her daughter never would have been relieved of that devil. It had nothing to do with the daughter. It had everything to do with the mom. And that, that just shows you just how important, you know, we talked about the Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, the Roman centurion's uh, uh, servant was, was home. He was sick. He would not have been cured of his sickness had not the Roman centurion believed God. And because he believed him, he, he went, he did something, he acted upon it. And so, you know, don't think that, don't get this idea that, well, uh, you know, it's, it, it only affects me. No, it doesn't just affect you. It affects other people around you. It affects your family. Your family will benefit from your faith and your, your trust in God. Let me just close by asking you a few questions. And, and just in your own heart and mind, just, just ask yourself, how strong is my faith? How much am I motivated by? Am I, uh, do I make decisions uh, because of what I believe? How often do I act specifically and accordingly because of something that I believe about God? Here, here's some simple questions. Number one, do you look for commands and principles and promises that personally apply to you as you read the scripture? Do you search for those things? You know, the Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs that if you're to have wisdom, you have to search for that wisdom. Well, if you're going to have faith, you're going to have to search for some things that you can personally grab a hold of, whether it be principles, commands, or promises, and you personalize those things and you take them unto yourself and you believe on them and then you act on them. Do you meditate on verses that God gives you to believe and act upon? Uh, you know, do, you, do you think about verses? Do you run them through your mind and, and look for ways that you can on purpose act and live upon those verses? Do you believe God is alive and active in your life? and rewards those who diligently seek him. Uh, you know, are, are we constantly looking to, to please God and do so by actions of faith? Do you pray in generalities or do you pray in specific requests to God? That reveals a lot just by our prayer life. 
You know, do we, do we pray, Lord, bless the missionaries, or do we pray, Lord, uh, help this missionary with this need and help this missionary with this need and help uh, 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 Mr. Didio with uh, the physical situation that he's got up in the hospital? And, and on and on you go. Uh, if we have faith, we'll ask specifics. We won't pray in generalities. And then last of all, do you have examples in your life where God has worked supernaturally. And you can look back over your shoulder and say, because I believe God, God did this. Um, you know, we, and you've heard me say this before, and, and I, I'm a little bit of a bug on it I, because I have a tendency to, to drift in the wrong direction myself, I think, in this area. You know, we, we talk about, well, well, it's so good that so-and-so prayed for or that the church prayed for i'm so thankful for your prayers um, our prayers would mean nothing if we did not have a god who could answer them our prayers would be futile if we don't believe that we have a god who can answer them and the bottom line is is the reason why prayers are answered the reason why we th see things happen in our lives is because god makes those things happen we have to have faith in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you tonight for the admonitions that we've received in Scripture about faith and the importance. We've just you know, really touched the hem of the garment, uh, really haven't, haven't looked at it in depth, but uh, when when we begin to even just take a glimpse at the importance of faith, we see how vital and how necessary it is. Lord, uh, forgive us for doubting you. Forgive us for being like Peter, you know, only putting in one net when we should have put in more. But praise the Lord, he put in one. And praise the Lord that he believed you regardless and did what he was told. And Lord, uh, we need to look at our lives and see just, just how much this last week or this last month, how much have we done by faith in you? We've done it, we've done what we've done, we've acted the way we act because we believe God. Is our, is our faith truly a living faith or is it a dead faith? that has no works, has no actions, because all we're doing is basically giving mental assent to something rather than really believing it with our heart. Father, uh, I pray that you'd give us a desire tonight to want to have a growing, thriving faith, a faith that uh, acts upon what it believes. We'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it. Work in our hearts tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.